The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Um, Thank you all for joining uh, Mary Woods' uh, One Hour at a Time show. This is Jim Gamash, and I am Mary's guest host for today. On, and our topic for today is resiliency, tapping inner strengths to manage change. And our guest speaker today is um, a woman by the name of Beth Terry. She is an expert on resiliency and stress change services. And she has been a speaker that has traveled all around the world talking about resiliency, stress, and change. Um, Beth is also a, an accomplished author, and she has written five books, Walking in the Crowd of Angels, a collection of inspirational stories and quotes, 27 Secrets to Successful Management, Thinking About Thinking, 101 Ways to Make Your Life Easier, and her newest book, Resiliency Not Included, Helping Your Kids uh, Learn to Bounce Back. So, Beth, thank you so much for being a part of this show today and talking about uh, this topic of resilience. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for inviting me. So, Beth, I wonder if you could tell um, our listeners today and people that will um, listen in on the recorded um, show, what, why is this topic of resilience so important to you? I have found over the years that the people who seem to be the most successful in life are the ones who have what I call bounce back ability. They have Mm -hmm. the ability to go through some of the hardest times in life and then pick themselves back up, dust themselves off and keep going because life is not easy. And Mm -hmm. if you don't have self-reliance, you don't have a little bit of resilience, the ability to bounce back, you are going to get knocked over and then just not pick yourself back up. Mm-hmm. So it's important to me because I've, I've been able to do that. I've had a lot of things happen, and, and so I started studying it. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow. So in your new book, um, Beth, you talk about and describe the concepts of self uh, reliance and self-resilience, and you were talking a little bit about that um, a moment ago. Um, how can you explain a little bit more about how one supports the other? Because you do identify in your book that they support each other and that they feed each other. So, can you talk a little bit about self-reliance and self-resilience? Self-reliance is believing in yourself enough to know that you're worth developing, to know that you can take care of yourself if you have to, and to work on your own bounce-back ability. A lot of us need to be able to 
step back, take a look at a situation, and take responsibility for what happened. And you notice that the most resilient and the most self-reliant people are the ones that don't look for someone to blame. They look for what is the next thing I can do to survive better, to thrive better, to do better. Mm. And instead of saying, well, it's everybody else's fault, if my parents hadn't done X, if my siblings hadn't done this, if it hadn't been for that mean boss, that is not self-reliance. That's just living a life of blame, and it turns you into a victim and, and that means you, you find yourself in sort of a mental cul-de-sac when you, when you start blaming everyone else. You can't get out of it. You can't stand up and say, okay, I'm better than this. I'm stronger than this. So that's how self-reliance and, self, and resilience really are connected to each other, that one feeds the other, one helps the other develop. I see. I see. And what happens when... You know, um, when individuals are kind of stuck in this, you know, blaming people, places, and things, and looking outward and, and not able to kind of claim that self-reliance, what are some things that um, can help this process or ignite this process or initiate this process for somebody who's kind of stuck? If someone is stuck, the first, I think the first goal is to find someone to talk to. And that is something that you provide at Westbridge. And Mm -hmm. there are a lot of organizations around. Uh, I originally met some of the people from the National Association of Therapeutic Schools and Programs. And and those people from NATSAF provide a lot of schooling and therapy and places where people can talk it out. And that's the first goal. Mm. First, though, you have to know you need help. That, That goes with any kind of addiction, any type of problem. And those of us that are willing to sit back and say, you know, I think I really screwed this up. I need to do something about it. Those of us that are willing to do that can then go talk to someone See if you can find new coping skills. Think things through. Uh, This is why I wrote that book, Thinking About Thinking. It's a little cliff notes for people with checklists that say things like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? What do you think is going to happen if you keep doing this? What are the consequences? What are the unintended consequences? How are you going to get out of this if it doesn't work? So Mm. you, you need to go through this critical thinking process And again, it gets back to what you and I were talking about the other day. It comes down to the magic word, willingness. Yeah. yeah. So a willingness to pick up the phone and and talk to someone that supports you or someone that cares about you, a willingness to go to therapy, a willingness to step back and say, yeah, I probably contributed to that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the starting point, but there certainly is a lot more work after that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, Beth, you also talk about, you know, the self-reliance and self-resilience. Can you define for our listeners what resilience is? And, resilience uh, is, is actually, um, it's specific. It's springing back from adversity. 
And people who can spring back or bounce back from abuse or anything that happens to them, natural disasters, war, someone firing them, some, someone um, injuring them or them injuring themselves, mm-hmm. uh, resilience is the ability to cope with misfortune and to live a relatively successful life whether or not life was handed to you on a spoon, on a silver spoon. And mm-hmm. actually, you know, we develop resilience by having things not go our way. This is why wow. we have to allow our children to make mistakes. The kids need to learn. And, and as I, you know, I, I say in the book, you don't want them to fall on the heater grate to find out, don't do that. But you right, do right. need to allow your kids to fail once in a while so they can pick themselves up, figure it out, and, and then come up with a better solution. That's how you develop the resilience in the first place. I see. And what do you think, you know, in, in, so let's say, um, you know, I'm working with somebody and, you know, there, and I'm looking at from a, you know, from a supportive standpoint, how do I support this individual in developing resiliency? You know, maybe they've not had the benefit of um, experiencing this when they were younger, um, but how do you apply some of the things that you talk about in your book to older individuals or adults? I think the first thing is to assist them in learning how to think critically. I mm-hmm. keep coming back to this, but it's a great exercise. So rather, and, and you know this, as a, if you're doing counseling with someone, you don't give them the answer. You have them come up with the answer. So mm-hmm. you take them through that critical thinking exercise. You say, so I see that you seem to be in a rut. Do you have any thoughts on how did you get here? And what kinds of things do you think that you could do? And how, it, it's the Dr. Phil thing. So how's that working for you? you right, know, he, right. He's brilliant at that. How is that working for you? What are the consequences of that behavior? What are some of the costs of that behavior? How do you think you could turn this around? And you just keep pushing them little, little bit at a time, chipping away to get them to take responsibility for where they are. And it's not that I'm responsible that someone else did something mean to me. I'm responsible, as my father used to say, response able. I'm able to respond to their behavior in a way that supports me. So I'm responsible for my reaction. So it's getting them to that place. And don't you do that when you do your, your counseling with people? Yes, and we, you know, the the theoretical model that we would apply there would be motivational interviewing, right? Where right. we're interviewing for motivation and looking for opportunities to build ambivalence and raise awareness. Yeah. Right. And then you take them into goals. So you get them to think critically. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? What did you think was going to happen when you did this? What are the consequences? And then you say, now, let's look at where you are, never mind where you were, because Mm -hmm. the only way we can improve is by focusing on the future. Focus on future good behavioral goals. So you get them to start making goals. And with some people, 
especially older adults that have not done this, you start small. What is one healthy choice you can make this week? Mm-hmm. What is a new choice you can make that supports you? What choices can you make that help you love yourself better? Mm-hmm. Because, and, and one of the things I say to people is, you know, if I'm telling you, if somebody treated me the way you're treating yourself, I'd walk away from them. Why are mm-hmm. you allowing yourself to treat yourself this badly? And you ask them those kind of questions to get them thinking. And, and then I think, and this again is something I know that you do in therapy, is, is you help them work on self-control skills. Mm-hmm. No, how do you, how, how can we put off some of this instant gratification? What are some right. of the steps you could take? And, and I do this with children and adults. I have, I ask them the question because people generally are, are stricter with themselves than they, than we are, you know? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, we are about ready to take a break here shortly, and um, so we will take a break, and uh, we will come back with our guest speaker, uh, Beth Terry, and talk more about resilience, and maybe, uh, Beth, when we come back, you can talk a little bit about um, developing healthy detachment from stressful situations. How does one do that? What are the skills necessary to, to do that? Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of return to peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually, as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. If you're busy, stressed, and can't ever seem to find the time to add in those new healthy habits, you need to check out Lisa Lutan's Busy, Stressed, and Food-Obsessed show. This program will help you discover easy ways to improve your health and happiness. Plus, you will pick up all sorts of tips on better eating, fitness, relationships, how to manage stress, and a lot more. You'll feel yourself becoming healthier just by tuning in. Listen live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back uh, to the One Hour at a Time show. And our guest speaker today is uh, Beth Terry, who is talking about resiliency. And, Beth, you know, I wonder if you could um, talk a little bit about this whole thing around um, developing healthy detachment from stressful situations, but also, too, around, you know, our our culture and the utilization or integration of social media. Oh, that is about a four-hour conversation. (laughs) Um, Healthy detachment actually comes from a very strong sense of self because Mm -hmm. if you don't necessarily need the world's approval for who you are and how you present yourself in the world, you aren't as concerned about how other people respond to you. A certain amount of this comes from maturity. We can't expect most 10 or 12-year-olds to understand this, but we can start to develop this in our children um, with a lot of social support, with teaching them self-control as early as age two. Self-control, you see a child throwing a temper tantrum, that's lack of self-control. And parents, it's up to parents to consistently be the grown-up. I think that's, John Rosamond is a wonderful, wonderful author when it comes to children's book, How to, How to Raise Children. And he always says, parenting is not a popularity contest, and somebody has to be the grown-up. And so the first thing we do as parents is be the grown-up and not get wrapped up into your child's world where the child thinks that the whole world revolves around them. The other thing I think is, is, as you say, with the social media, the selfie culture where these kids are taking 20, 30, 40 photographs of themselves and posting them online shows how attached they are to their image and to their, their, the way the world views them. Mm. So helping them step back from that, I think, first of all, starts with a healthy sense of self. What I used to do with my kids if they'd be throwing a temper tantrum or they were going a little crazy with what everybody else thought, I would wrap my arms around them and I would whisper in their ear, remember who you are. Remember who Mm -hmm. you are. And I would say it very quietly and very slowly and then I would just leave the room. Now, either I confused the dickens out of them or it hit home, I think, at a deeper place in the soul. I believe we have a soul that hears us. And when we are willing to sit quiet, I also taught my kids how to meditate, how to go to that, that place, that internal place where they can find peace. And if you can find that, 
you aren't as concerned about what's going on out there. Mm. I also would say, take a deep breath. Don't give yourself so much credit. Nobody's thinking about you. They really aren't. When they post all that stuff on Facebook and social media, they're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about you. So take a deep breath. (sighs) Take a step back. Mm. Ask yourself, what's this really about? What's my reaction really about? And what it comes back to is, I'm insecure about me. I'm secure about my place in the world. So my house was filled with signs, my office is too, (laughs) that say, remember who you are, and things about letting go, and life goes on within you and without you. And those are all just little reminders around the house that we don't need to base our determination of our own self-worth on the success or failure of an interaction with somebody else. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, as, I, as you're sharing this, Beth, I'm thinking of, um, you know, the, as we work with adults, right, who may pretty much may not have had the opportunity to, to be raised in an environment that was, you know, supportive and um, guiding and nurturing in terms of resiliency. But even as adults, you know, what you had shared, incorporating those strategies and, and helping individuals identify a healthy self, who they are as a person, and detaching from, you know, the pressures of, you know, trying to fit in or um, attempting to, um, you know, react in, in a stressful situation. I think as you were sharing these things, I was thinking of, wow, those are, those are great tools to apply even to adults. Yes. And to yourself, at, at some point, we have to parent ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, when you're 40 years old or 50 or 60, you don't get to continue to blame your parents because you haven't been at their house for 20 years. Right. It's time to say, I am going to love me. I am going to take responsibility for my own personal growth. I am going to take care of me. I'm going to love me more than, maybe more than my parents loved me. I'm going to remember who I am. So so take a big piece of paper and write in big letters, remember who you are, and post it on your mirror. And, And take yourself out of the social media comparison game because there will always be someone better off than you. There will always be someone worse off. There will always be somebody who's, in my case, a better speaker than I am. There will always be someone who's a worse speaker. There will be a better author. There will be a worse author. There will be a prettier person. There will be an uglier person. It's just the world. And the world is the outer circle of who you are. Then you've got that next circle coming in with all of your friends and family. They matter. And then you've got that next circle in, which is you and all of the things you do in the world. But then there's that core of who you really are, where you go when there's no one around. When you are sitting in that space, in that core of who you are, 
make it a point to love yourself. Make it a point to see that your lovableness is why you're here on the planet. Make a goal for yourself that the world is better because you were born. And, and I think that's, that's what people miss. And I don't care how old you are. There's still something you can do to make the world a better place because you were put here. Mm. That's great. And uh, Beth, in terms of, you know, you, you've been providing us with some of your experience in terms of, um, you know, raising children and how you applied this early on and then bridging that to um, how one as a counselor or as a support person supporting or even as a, as a, a parent of an adult children, adult child or children, you know, some of these strategies. And I'm wondering, um, in your book, you also talk a little bit about create a network of social support. And what would that social support look like? What does that involve? Social support is finding people that, that are going to lift you up. Social support is not necessarily online. You talk to some people and you say, how many friends do you have? And they say, I have 500,000 friends on Facebook. And uh, I say, yeah. when is the last time you sat across a table and had coffee with them? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I don't have anyone here in town. Okay, that's not a social network necessarily. Now, granted, as women grow older, I know women are, we're, we're always finding our, we find our friends in other women and we get on the phone and when women get together, our oxytocin levels go up and we support, we support each other that well. The oxytocin mm-hmm. is that, that pro, or that, uh, neural I just lost the word. What's the word? <laughs> it's a neuropeptide. Oxytocin okay. is a neuropeptide that raises our bonding hormones and raises our energy and raises our happiness. And so women a lot of times will get together and they will find that they're happier when they leave the group. So here's the test. And I can only speak as a woman. You can, you can add the part as men getting together. But uh-huh. here's a test. If you leave a group of people, and you'd feel worse than you did when you got there. What are you doing? Why are you with them? Mm-hmm. You should go in to, to groups and feel lifted up, feel better, not feel poisoned, not feel insulted, maligned, criticized. If you are in groups where you leave and you feel bad, then go and find a new group, whether it's at a church or you, you love to bowl, so you go find a bowling group or you like to quilt or whatever it is that you love to do, a book club, anything that supports the things that you love to do in your life, you find them, be willing to put yourself out there. And I want to add this because I think... I just heard someone who's listening say this, and they said, well, I'm shy. I have a really hard time doing that. Mm -hmm. I heard that through the ether. My father told me something when I left for college, and it's the reason I wrote it. I started a new blog called Everybody's Lost. He told me, when you go to college, remember, everyone is fighting their own battle. Everybody's lost. 
everybody needs someone to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. And that's true no matter what age you are. Yeah. So be willing to put yourself out there. Just grit your teeth, get yourself fixed up, and leave the house and go out into the world and try. And if that's the wrong group, you pull back and change directions. Try it again. Because social support is like blood. You can't survive without it. It's your oxygen. And be willing to go looking for it if you don't have it. Awesome. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And, um, and then we are going to come back with our guest speaker, Beth Terry, uh, talking on the topic of resilience. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Sometimes it just seems that nobody understands. There's one individual who can help. If you're living with somebody who faces challenges such as autism, Asperger's, or other exceptional needs, you'll want to tune into Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean. Living the challenge. Together, we'll uncover a variety of solutions to the challenges faced by individuals, their families, and teachers. Listen live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are um, uh, have our guest Beth Terry from um, who is speaking on the topic of resilience and resiliency. And Beth, I know um, you had shared um, just in terms of identifying that network and that social support that really kind of builds 
um, who you are, builds you up rather than tears you down. And um, I think that was really good um, information for all of us because I think at times we look for things that um, that we see on the outside of people, but we don't see what's on the inside. And I think sometimes it's a trap that we get into where we end up developing relationships with people and leaving those, you know, meeting with them and leaving those um, social situations feeling drained and feeling emotionally exhausted and feeling like, why did I even meet with this person? Right. <laughs> if if you have that kind of response, it's time to sit down, take a deep breath and ask yourself, why did I go? What did I expect to happen? Am yeah. I getting what I need? Are they getting what they need from me? And if this isn't working, it's time to move on. Because we do, we do outgrow social organizations. We outgrow friendships. And sometimes it's time to simply move on and find a group that lifts us up and supports us. Because I believe when we, when we stay in places where we don't feel good, no one really feels good. And yeah. it is time to, to get rid of toxic relationships as well. Mm. Okay. So, Beth, can you talk um, in one of the other, you know, topics that you talk about in your book, focusing on the silver linings versus or lessons in every experience. That's tough. Sometimes, you know, we're so in the thick of it that we can't see the forest through the trees. Yes. How does one do that? Well, I, I have a, another, I told you I have signs all over my walls. It's a little bit busy, but it helps. And one of the signs is what's the lesson? Because I believe that every event has two parts to it. It has a blessing and a lesson. So sometimes the blessing is that you discovered who this person was and made a choice to move away from them. Sometimes the blessing is that this person has lifted you up or the situation has taught you something. And what's the lesson? There are... There are people that come into our lives that sometimes hurt us. And sometimes the lesson is, don't do that to other people. That's how it feels when you criticize someone because they just criticized you. So there's the lesson. And sometimes you can create that healthy detachment and find a silver lining simply by asking, what's the lesson? Where's the blessing? Uh, does that make sense? It does. It does. Yep. <laughs> it's it's very powerful. And sometimes, and another thing, my dad was a Presbyterian minister, and he used to say, God always answers prayer, and sometimes the answer is no. Uh-huh. And we, we, will, we can all look back on high school, things that we really, 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 really wanted, that, that boy that I wanted to marry, that girl that you wanted to take to the prom, and you saw them 20 years later at the reunion, and you went, oh, I'm so glad I didn't get what I was trying to get. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. have been good for me. So, so I have, and I think, too, as we age, 
we have a longer view of things. You can look back. And if you start reviewing your life, you can discover that a lot of things that you thought were bad outcomes were actually good outcomes. That in the long run, it served you. So mm-hmm. look for... Look for those silver linings. Look for the lessons. Look for the ways that something served you even when you wanted it to turn out differently. I see. Beth, I, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, if there's a family member who's listening to the show or that listens to the podcast and they're thinking, geez, you know, my son or my daughter, I, I love them and I care about them and I... You know, I want to be there for them, and and I feel at times I may be enabling them rather than empowering them. Can you describe the difference between the two and how a family member or even a, um, you know, a support person could kind of interject and rather than enable, empower? I This is near and dear to my heart because I've witnessed it too many times. There's a difference between empowering someone, which is saying, I think you know what the solution is here. I think you know how to do this. I'm here to help you figure out how to do this on your own. See, that's empowering. I believe mm-hmm. in you. I believe you can solve this problem. And enabling is, here, let me solve this for you, you poor thing. I'm so much smarter and bigger and stronger and wealthier than you. So here, let me just save you from yourself because I feel good about myself when I save you. You hear the difference? I do, yes. There's a huge ego issue with saving people. And there is... There, you, you have to have a certain element of patience, self-restraint, and trust in the other person to empower them. Mm-hmm. I see empowerment as I'm looking out and you and I are standing on equal ground and I put my arm out to steady you. That's empowering to say you can do this. But if I'm rescuing you or helping you... I see you on the ground, and I'm reaching down to pick you up, you poor thing. So my motto is, you rescue dogs, you support people. Mm. See, it's different. I can rescue a dog and enable my little new, I have a new little rescue puppy, and I can enable her all day long, because I'm not harming her for the rest of her life, but I can't rescue someone else. I can barely rescue myself most days. Mm. There's an ego thing going on here, you know? Yeah. I'm better yeah. than you, so I'm gonna I I know better than you. I'm stronger than you. I have more than you. Wait a minute. Everybody is enough. Everybody has enough. Help them or rather I like the word support. Support them in finding their key to unlocking their enough. Awesome. And I think, you know, when you when you were sharing that, I was thinking of, you know, the, there are many opportunities in which, you know, we can empower individuals 
rather than enable them by saying, you know, there's, you know, there have been times in your life when you've been successful. What have those times been like for you and what skills have you been able to implement in order to be successful? And I think part of that empowerment is identifying things that they've done in the past that will support, that supported them moving forward and applying those skills and their endeavors that they may be struggling in from kind of a strengths-based perspective. Yes. And and saying, I believe in you enough to know you can do this. And I was fortunate. My father was like that with me. He'd say, you know, I know I've taught you better than this. You know the answer to this. I'm going to sit here and let you figure it out. I love you. I love you enough not to rescue you. And I I did this with my kids once. One of my kids um, came home and she one of my stepdaughters and she put her hands on her hips and she said, I'm not going to do chores anymore because one of my friends at school doesn't do chores. And I said, well, your little friend at school is spoiled. And she said, well, I want to be spoiled. And I said, oh, really? Could you do me a favor, honey, and go get the milk out of the fridge? And she said, sure. So she comes over and she pours the milk in a glass for me and it was like cottage cheese. I knew that they'd let it spoil. I was just waiting for a moment to use it as a lesson. And I said, Uh drink it. She said, no. I said, honey, drink it. No. Why not? It's spoiled. Bingo. That's what spoiled looks like. And I love you too much to let you grow up spoiled. Because spoiled people don't have friends. They don't have people who want to marry them. They don't have people who want to hire them. And they are miserable. I love you so much. I want you to go and do your chores. And thank you for helping me with this. And it was wonderful because all three of her sisters were sitting on the couch with their hands over their mouths watching this, and they got the lesson. I didn't have to do it twice. Wow. Feel free. Any parent out there listening, feel free to use that. I love you too much to let you be spoiled. It's a great thing to say to your children because you're saying, I've got your back, and you need to learn to do this. So... That's great practical application of a lesson. Um, and so we are um, going to take a, a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about resiliency with our guest speaker, Beth Terry. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Are you a pet parent? Are you interested in a better understanding of the care and health of your best friend? Listen every week for Pet Panorama with Dr. Julie Mayer. Just as in your own personal health care, you can also take charge of the health care of your pet by exploring natural approaches to keep them healthy in addition to more conventional veterinary care. Don't you want them having the best life possible? Listen Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Well, welcome back, everybody. Um, again, our guest speaker today is Beth Terry. And, um, Beth, you have a new book, um, and it's called Resilience Not Included. And I'm wondering, what drove you to kind of write this book? What motivated you to write this book? I've raised seven stepkids. I've had a whole handful of God kids and foster kids, and I have run into so many young parents that really just don't seem to know what to do, and they are battling this social media culture, they're battling the Kardashian celebrity worship culture, and I finally just said it's time. I I need to take everything that I've ever written and ever said about raising kids and put it all together in a book, and I even surprised myself. (laughs) Um, because there are some very important things that you can do that will make your life and your kids' lives a whole lot easier in the long run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, so who is this book written to? I mean, what, why, um, who, who could benefit from this book? I think the, the most 
uh, the people that will benefit the most are people with children, young mm-hmm. children, people getting ready to have a family, um, people who are interested in not having their children live with them for the rest of their lives, and parents who don't want to have to pay for their children's therapy when their kids are in their 20s and 30s. Uh-huh. Also, uh-huh. anyone who is learning how to parent themselves again. Some of us need to learn that take all of the upset that we have at our parents from 30, 40 years ago and, and relearn how to parent ourselves. And I think anyone can benefit from it that way. Okay. And can you, uh, you know, in terms of uh, concepts, what are three things that you can leave our, um, our audience with today that are specific to the the topic of resiliency in, in your new book? I think the first one is self-respect. And you help develop self-respect in yourself and in other people and in your children when you catch yourself doing things right, catch your children doing things right. Instead of always focusing on what's wrong, start to focus on what, I'm, what am I good at? What is your child good at? How can you encourage, empower, and enlarge what they're doing by focusing on the things they do right? I should mention the word encourage. E-N means to fill with courage. Mm. Discourage means to take courage away. So that's number one. Catch them doing things right. Respect them enough to know that what you pay attention to happens. Second thing is somebody has to be the grown-up. Parenting's not a popularity contest. I, I love John Rosamond for teaching me that out of his books when I first got all of these kids. And being the grown-up, whether you are raising a child or re-parenting yourself is the most important thing you can do. Take responsibility for what's going on in your life. Don't blame people. Just be the grown-up. And then I would say the third point that I have in the book is engage with your children. Have family meetings. When you have a family meeting every single week, you're checking back in with each other. What's going on with you? How are you doing? Here's what the teachers told me. Here's what I'm proud of. You're doing such a great job. And and give kids feedback because children are new. They're new on the planet. A 10-year-old child, I want you all to think about this, a 10-year-old child is 3,650 days old. They've only been on the planet 3,650 days. Mm-hmm. So you cannot expect them to know things. It's your job to teach them how to be a human being, how to be responsible, how to have self-respect, how to empower themselves, how to live up to their potential. And that's your job. And you do that very easily once a week, meetings, family meetings. Check schedules, check in with each other, show some love and affection, congratulate them, tell them what they're doing well, and then give them some input without beating them up, you know, yelling at them, screaming. You don't have to do that if you're constantly giving input and feedback. It would work better if. This would work better when. That's, right. that's how you do it. 
Wow. And I think, you know, these three takeaways are certainly really important in children and adults, you know, catching them when they're doing things right. Oftentimes, you know, children will hear, you know, you know, what, what they did wrong versus what they did right. And I right. think, you know, um, catching them when they're doing things right to reinforce the positive choices that they're making is a really good and healthy thing. Yes. And every employer has had an employee who was only paid attention to when they did things wrong as a child. Yeah. And so if you get upset with that employee, what they'll do is go do it again and you're scratching your head. It's because they had not been given that feedback of, hey, that was really good what you just did there. Good for you. Mm-hmm. And something that simple can change a person's life. Why not give it to them? Yeah. And, you know, I, I also had the opportunity to read um, a very two-thirds of your book so far, Beth, and I really enjoy the whole thing around focusing on the positives and, um, you know, we have a concept at Westbridge called sandwiching, you know, where we start with something positive and then we um, deliver some, some feedback, but then we end with something positive as well. So the positive outweighs the, the, you know, the critical feedback that we need to provide in order to create change. And yeah, I think that's, um, that's important. important for all of us as adults and children to be able to, yeah. to hear that. If all you do is give yourself negative feedback, you are pouring poison in the well. You are drinking poison. If all you ever do is repeat to yourself the negative things other people have said to you, it's like carrying around a bag of knives that somebody else gave you and stabbing yourself daily with the knives. And that's just dumb. Why would you do this to yourself? Just because Mm -hmm. another two-legged creature out there said something negative about you doesn't make them correct. Well, Beth, thank you so much uh, for this information and your new book. Um, I encourage our listeners to um, go and purchase it. It's called Resiliency Not Included, Helping Your Kids Learn to Bounce Back um, by author Beth Terry. And Beth, where would they be able to get a copy of this book? They can actually right now go to bethterry.com, B-E-T-H-T-E-R-R-Y.com, and they can find information about it. My store is there, and by the end of the month, we will have it on Amazon and all of the other ebook sites. Uh, they can also send me an email to beth at bethterry.com, and I will get it to them. So right now we're in pre-publication, but it is available until we get it onto Amazon and all of the other uh, suppliers. So bethterry.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Beth. This was your top, the topic of resiliency is really important to all of us and appreciate all the work that you've done in this area and sharing some of your experience, strength, and hope. So thank you very much for being a part of the show and um, sharing what your experience has been. Thank you, Jim, and thank you for all the work you do in this field as well. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you very much. 
We appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.